So welcome back, everybody. We're now looking at the issue of uh, text and how it's been generated by AI. And this is really uh, more the problem on my side of things as an author. So, Pete, have you ever used one of these, uh, like the chatbot GPT, and there are other ones like that that are out there? No. Uh, um, have you I, ever I, had anybody come up to you with a... <laughs> Well, I mean, for example, the first time I came across it was at this new year, so the new year mm. 2023, um, a family, uh, member of the family, had written us all a poem um, using this. So they put in, write a poem for, you know, Julia, and mm. he put in, she's an author, and she does this and that, and then it produced this terrible dog rule, uh, and he did it for each member of the family, and we all roared with laughter. Yeah. I mean, it was so funny, um, it, but it was also really, really bad. But also, it's, it's amusing, isn't it? I've seen people on Twitter do it, and it's initially hilarious, but there's just an emptiness to it. Yeah. Isn't there? So, it's not like someone's come up with something like a really witty, bad satire of a poem. It really is just a bad poem. <laughs> you know, there yeah. isn't that human element to it. So next year, yeah. Chris, Chris, if you're listening, you can't do that again because we won't sit there and listen to them because we thought it was funny then. <clears throat> I did. Um, so my son got a, uh, we were talking about this on the family chat, and my son got an internship. So I had put into the chatbot thing, um, write, write a, a haiku, <laughs> congratulating him for getting this internship so that was such a stupid thing to sort of write a haiku about and it did a really good haiku so the, the, the it's you know the joke lasts for as you say for a certain length of time just oh look look this is isn't this fun i could have sat there and thought of one myself but i don't actually want to sit writing haikus about it summer internships yeah. anyway so looking so there's that side it's the, the fun and game side but i think we've also realized that it's now much better than that in terms of the reports are that it can produce uh academic essays that are very mm -hmm. hard to detect as being written um but not by the student um it can write journalism it can write uh content for websites in fact i i know someone who said to me that they use it to generate the content for their websites um, I mean, they would otherwise be doing it. They don't pay somebody else to do that role, but yeah. it, they don't feel their writing skills are that strong. So they get the, it, they say, I want to say this. And then yeah. it gets yeah. turned out as a sort of, you know, that web, web ease that people have. Um, and then more recently there's been, you know, if you imagine the tide coming into my, where I stand as an author uh, and yeah. nibbling at my toes is this idea that people could write books and stories and the two articles that um, caught my eye about this was the announcement by one of the big sci-fi publishers. I think it was Orbit said that they've closed uh, at, um, they're closed to open submissions because they were getting so many AI generated submissions. Um, and then just last week, there was a very funny article, funny but terrifying article on the BBC about um, romance writers and whether or not they're going to be um, taken over by book writing chatbots uh and they were basing it on bridgerton as there was that was their illustrating um uh, yeah, yeah image for this yeah i, was, I saw that yeah 
so I was then got worried. So I thought, okay, let's go and find out. So I went over to chatbot GPT and I put in, I thought, okay, um, write me a short story in the style of Jane Austen. Okay. What I got back was terrible. It was a, basically a really short summary of um, Pride and Prejudice. It was, they didn't, it didn't even bother to sort of change the names. It was just, Elizabeth was going for a walk. She yeah, yeah. I mean, it was just, just totally rubbish, utterly uninspiring. And I thought, okay, deep breath, deep breath. Write a short story in the style of Julia Golding. Now that okay. is quite tricky because I've got lots of different things I've done, but I thought yeah, we'll see what yeah. it comes back with. What it came back was so generic and so thin that it was no more me than it was uh, anybody else, Mally Brackman or anybody else writing uh, yeah, at the moment yeah. in, in in my sort of English English speaking culture. Mm. So maybe I wasn't giving it enough co- enough detail in the commands, but I don't think it is actually yet at the st- at the stage where it can write a book. But we did launch a prize for new writing last week. Um, yeah. with the Pushkin Press and as part of our rules we okay. did say you aren't you are you know no AI generated uh, or any you know basically you've got to write the book yourself yeah, <laughs> you can't yeah. you can't you can't generate the plot or whatever by AI um, you're allowed to spell check and things like that but you're not allowed to get some other you know that doesn't qualify we want you to actually write the book so I'm sure that competitions and publishers will have to have this in mind. But going, let's look at this. So I've been yeah. using um, AI-generated images for sort of web presence, that kind of, you know, ephemera. Um, for you, say you wanted to write a biography of yourself for your website and you know that a chatbot GPT can do it for you, would you be tempted to go across and cut and paste from putting in a simple command, leave it to run for uh, 30 well, seconds? Well, the, there's two elements is that I, I'd, like, I'd like to write it myself, but also my, my partner's a kind of copywriter. So she, she probably, whatever I write, I pass over to her anyway. And it's, and it, you know, it's, um, it, for me personally, it wouldn't be necessary. But I guess if you're just... If you've got a business, if you know, if you just got like a, you want to like, you know, we've got friends who are several kinds of small businesses. If you just want to, if you're busy, you just want to press something, go away for lunch, come back and, and have something you can just put on your website. You know, it, it, may, it kind of makes sense to do it, doesn't it? You don't want to kind of have to hunt down a copywriter and pay them for an afternoon's work when you could just press a button and get something that is going to pass muster because it's the website isn't your main focus. It's it, you're just, you just want to advertise your business. So a, a chat bot's kind of description of you is, I, I also think perhaps people are so used to templates and things on the internet now and formula that they're not really going to have an issue with, seeing um a chatbot's kind of bio of of a somebody you know it's just part it's just what things are like now 
I so, think it's sort of creative people who go, oh, no, we want to have our own voice. But yeah. lots of people just want to, you know, if you've got to go out and work all afternoon, you just want to push a button and get in your van or whatever, you know, it's, yeah. I think there are there are places where let's talk about the positives. Where so, for mm. example, we've all done the thing where we've read instructions for something that's come from abroad, and the translation has been a really terrible Google Google Translate equivalent where yeah. it makes no sense at all. Um, I can imagine there is an improvement of in communication that this allows for people who are saying, write me a set of instructions or a recipe. Um, These are the things that need to be in it or even having it in the original language and saying, translate this and put it in good English. Mm -hmm. I mean, I can imagine that that is going to do a better job. Yeah. So those sorts of communication aspects. And also it helps people who are, who are, do find it difficult to write and perhaps have dyslexia or something where they know what they want to say, but, the actual for me it's super easy to write 500 words but for them that might be like oh you know running a marathon so they would say yeah yeah, for you but for me it's really helpful i can make a good impression or i can write a good speech for my um you know my presentation or whatever yeah i mean my my partner gets you know people ask her to do their personal statements and things because you know when they're 18 19 or whatever looking for work they and she can just she can create something that works well in the environment that they're going into she Mm. can tailor it it's not a formulaic piece it's taking account of them because she they're they're friends and she knows them and and she can really do a a piece of work that that they can go out and say this this is me Whereas, a, I mean, a chatbot's not going to be able to do these kind of really just subtle. I mean, as, as a writer, you know that this language is drawing on very subtle concepts, really, all the time, isn't it? It's, it yeah. And little references and emphases and, and things like that. It's, whereas I think, I can imagine chatbots... I'm not sure. I'll have to give it a go. I'll have to kind of come up with a. I'm working yeah, on no, it. I'll have to I see. Would, I would encourage people to go and actually try these things out to yeah. see to see what is going on because I think there's. So let's look at the issue of. I think it's wrong in the same way as ripping off somebody's um, style who's got copyright is wrong. I think what's wrong in generating text is when you are pretending to have knowledge that you don't have. So if you say, write me a uh, a GCSE essay on Frankenstein, referring yeah. to these sources, that bra- that information hasn't, hasn't gone into your brain. And it's also not being filtered through. Part of learning is actually adopting an idea for yourself, yeah. not... Yeah. Getting, otherwise, it's basically cheating. It's getting somebody else to write it for you. The fact that it's an AI writing it for you is that really is less important than the fact that you haven't thought you've done none of the thinking because education no. is about the thinking. So that's clearly wrong. And, and they need to have a way of stopping students thinking it's a shortcut when really what they're doing is they're not making the journey at all. Um, it's not a shortcut if you're not on the journey. So. No, not that, at all. that seems quite clear. The 
issue of is this going to be um would it be something which uh can write a novel i think there's a bit of a misunderstanding here so i can understand how um orbit got fed up with seeing all these submissions but i doubt any of those submissions were actually of any quality um you know it's just they got a load of dross coming through uh, so, for example, to say that you think romance novels are formulaic is to misunderstand romance novels. So Julia Quinn, yeah. the writer of Bridgerton, her novels are actually social comedies. Yeah. And OK, yeah. there is a structure and a formula in the sense of it is usually boy meets girl, though not always in romance, obviously. Boy meets girl, series of incidents, and then usually some sort of a happy ending. But she, that is the sort of, like, just in horror, you have a formula in the Western, you've got a sort of expectation. But there are so many different ways of interpreting that, that it's the characters she creates in each of the books, which tells a different story. So, um, and in the romance genre, it goes all the way from historical to contemporary to thriller. It's not as if it's as easy to mimic as people think, because unless you care yeah. about characters and inter interrelations, it's a it's, it is a genre which particularly matters that you understand how feelings work. Um, yeah, it's the most deep rooted human story mm. that there is, isn't that? It's and also yeah. you will get loads of cliches. So I, I would quite like chat. I quite like to be able to use Chatbot G uh, GPT to say please eliminate any cliches in this passage so the square jawed or the you know flashing eyes or whatever it is um i can imagine finding a use as a writer for just checking i haven't fallen into white as a sheet and all those other cliches that you tend to reach yeah. for when you're feeling lazy yeah. so to be a bit like an editor on my shoulder say hang on that's lazy writing i can see a use for that but not <sighs> You know, we don't need endless screeds of um, he looked like, an, you know, a, a fallen angel style descriptions of heroes, which is, you know, used a bit too much. Um, but I don't think because there is no there's no personal understanding of feelings behind it. I don't think it'd be interesting. And it wouldn't push. No. I mean, maybe able to write. Maybe there'll be a phase when they get when there's more emergent consciousness of artificial intelligence that they'd be interesting about what it's like to fall in love as an artificial intelligence in the same way you know data in star trek was an interesting character but i don't yeah, know yeah. it seems as though the it's in the end a bit like a clever parrot yeah yeah exactly i mean having read around it the fact that it's only taking in what people it's taking in what people put are putting into it but it it's not understanding where that stuff is coming from is it it's not i um i used to get uh, get an illustrator's uh magazine and and uh it was quite highbrow and and obviously the people have been on illustration courses and then the academic side of, of thinking about illustration whereas i whereas i hadn't so so they do kind of small interviews with illustrators, and one of the questions they asked, and it was, it was obviously kind of some a term that had come out of illustration teaching, it 
he'd asked what, and initially I thought, oh, what, you know, what's this ridiculous term they're asking? But it, it asked something like, what are the frictions that you deal with? You know, what are the things that you, just what, you know, what are the problems, I guess, in a way? What are the things that stop things running smoothly in, in your process? And it's that idea of friction seems to be, it really is about, it's a very human thing. It's just the idea in your head about how your life will be and the everyday frictions that stop it happening. So you, if the AI is not going to be un, able to understand the, the frictions, but it's the frictions that make the stories that they're about. So I mean, in romance, friction is is there, isn't it? The characters well, that's what you need. Don't yeah. get together, they or they, you know, you know, my work came out of lots of frictions. You know, just just being a, a human being in the world, seeing things in a certain way, finding a way to express that. As creative people, we're we kind of all the time, kind of dealing with these these frictions and. I just cannot see how AI would ever, ever be able to work that into whatever it's doing. I don't even even if you try to write it into programs or whatever, it wouldn't understand the idea of being a a, a consciousness that exists and is kind of just trying to, you know, get through day to day life. Which is what it, what informs the art that is that we try and communicate with. Mm. So I, it just seems like there's a gaping, uh, there's a vacuum in it, which you know, you know, if, even though I say perhaps romance, sci-fi things, they seem to be formulaic from the outside. But as you say, they you know, they they just they're not. They're dealing with human existence and human consciousness and human relations which there's always friction and if if you can't put friction into those stories then you haven't really got a story i don't think have you so there is a way where i can see it be useful so imagine a scenario where you're barbara broccoli i know that's you know (laughs) alter ego um and you're saying okay what's our plot for our next james bond gonna be before they've got writers involved so they might sit in a room and say, okay, let's have a, let's spin the wheel. They could do this by, you know, yanking a book off the shelf or some kind of lottery where they say, right, but they could put into um, the online AI and think up a James Bond plot set in the context of the current war in Ukraine or outer space or south america and back would come some skeletal plot and they could say "Mm, i don't think we'd do that maybe that idea though is the kind of direction we want to go in so we want to actually have a freedom fighter from that's a good idea who and then really important that that's a good idea why don't we see who writes really well in this area oh who wrote narcos Let's yeah, find one of the yeah. writers from Narcos. We know they do good. So let's see if they want to come on to. So I can imagine using it as a kind of prompt to say in our yeah, airless room where we're planning our next big movie, perhaps we could get some uh, inspiration ideas that are the equivalent of putting it up on the whiteboard, you know, brainstorming. So I could see it like that, but I would 
I would think that uh, if they go on and say write us the script, what yeah. you would then get is something that should be quite disjointed and airless. And um, James Bond actually is 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 one of those characters which doesn't have much character, oddly. So he might do better than many other characters, but it would still feel like a puppet moving through a series yeah, of all, events. He's all, yeah, he's... But he works as like a, almost like a, a blank. That with, with, with it's all he's kind of a blank character, but with lots of charisma that people put on. Yeah, they, he they, is an interesting. Kind of, he's, he could be generated yeah. by a. They kind of feel they put their concept <laughs> of their own charisma onto him, and that's why I love it so much. Yeah, and that's why the actor is able to inha- inhabit that role. Yeah, yeah. So I think that. In the same ways as a writer, I, I, I don't, th- you know, the I can't break the loom. I can't break the AI is there, um, and I can see how it might, in the same way as the images inspired ideas, I could see it doing the same for people looking for ideas. I think that, like you were saying, there's a lack of human, there's a lack of feeling and warmth and content underneath it that means that it's it's barren in the end. So any place where you want something to be looked at and understood as a cultural the music music rather than music yeah. we should not be reliant on these tools. We should if they if they're there at all they should be at some sort of support to the creative level not being the yeah the creative. Yeah. They're going to be useful to take up a certain cultural space where there isn't yeah. the inclination or budget to um, to commission original visions, I think. But mm. as you're saying, they will be, it will be a really interesting thing for for writers and artists and creative people to kind of to to try and get their heads around because it, it's already being presented with an air a sinister air like it's it's great thing it's going to cause nuclear war and things. It always already feels like it's People are using that Terminator idea in a way, aren't they? Terminator Two, that the, the machines gain consciousness and then attack us, and it, it feels well, like we're rela- people are already relating AI to that. And I wonder, you know, people, are, it feels like it's going to be a really fruitful thing for, but only if people come to a human with their human reactions. This, this great sinister presence in our lives as it's being presented. So in terms of um, what we're trying to do at the Oxford Centre for Fantasy is I've got a sort of outline of a policy, which I'll run by you, see if you think it seems fair. So um, we will continue to employ illustrators and designers because the other part of this are designers who may be using... Uh, photographs and other assets to design things we'll continue to pay and employ them um, but we will also make use of AI assets where it's sort of things which we wouldn't be paying someone to do otherwise there wasn't a budget for that that we you know it's yeah. just the the stuff that makes things pretty uh, in the same way as we use the um, Canva or whatever to design things we'd use it like that um, but we'd continue to showcase and celebrate illustrators particularly for being humans of different visions same goes with um the sort of text space i personally won't be using um 
chatbot GPT to write content. But yeah, if somebody yeah. wants to um, generate a social media post, I'm not going to worry about that because no. it's social media. Um, yeah. But if I'm judging in the competition that we're running for the new fantasy writer or anything where it matters that it's somebody's artistic vision, then we don't want the AI generator involved because that is you're actually sharing the creativity there with the people who program this thing plus the myriad of stuff it's 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 hoovered up on on the internet so try and have a sort of sense of let's let's continue to celebrate artists and employ artists let's celebrate writers and reward writers but also be aware that we can't do a king canute because the tide is coming in. There's got to be a, a place in the ecosystem where these things are being used. Does that sound kind of fair as a policy? Yeah, yeah, that, absolutely, yeah. It, it isn't going to go away, but it, it's something we'll – I think it's something people will have, you know, going back to that friction idea, people will have – they're going to have really interesting responses to it. You know, it's, it's as human beings, we're, we're going to tell tell each other stories about about this new element in our environment. So, and 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 as human beings, we're going to use the bits that we want and and forget about and yeah, going to pirate a few or, or or record a few mixtapes, which I seem to remember was a thing when back in the day in the eighties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We all we all yeah. Um. So yeah. as a bit of fun at the end, Pete. Um. We've been talking a lot about creating imagery. I always ask my guests, where in all the worlds is the best place for something? Uh, And that means all the fantasy worlds. If you had to go and be a fantasy illustrator, perhaps a children's book illustrator or something like that, in any of the fantasy worlds that you've come across, where would you like to go? I'm not sure if the Dr. Zeus world counts as a fantasy world yeah why not i mean you can imagine transform yourself into a cartoon in that world i don't think i wouldn't get much illustrating done it would be just too bizarre watching things you could be in a little corner drawing everybody oh that's nice that made me think of the richard scary world um yeah you you know that how busy they are you could be a little person drawing in a corner Uh, i was thinking of um one place that'd be quite interesting to be in would be Inkheart, the Cornelia Funky books, because there you've got this thing where if you read something out loud, it comes to life. But I'm wondering about an aspect of being able to draw something and it coming to life. That would be fun. And uh, where you could yeah. actually have a fantasy world where something comes off the page. Uh, I think I'd like to go there. Yeah, um, that would be... <laughs> That that sounds like a, a a fable in the making, doesn't it? Yeah, no, I've just yeah yeah, yeah copyright that idea quickly. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, but AI's heard it, so they're going to Hoover it up, and it'll be in some yeah, story yeah. next. Um, I so, wonder if being in the AI world as a human being, I wonder what that would be like. Seeing all this, <laughs> yes, just trying to make sense of it actually within it. I'm not sure. Yeah. So, um, and also just to celebrate um, craftsmanship, is there one illustrator that you think we should go and wait and have a look at? Um, you mentioned several whilst you were talking, but um, who would you say this is a really inspiring illustrator? Um, the, a contemporary illustrator that I, 
I really like is uh, Steve May. He's just got books out with he's, he's, uh, he's got a book out with um, about Vikings at the moment. He, he's just got this really dynamic style. I think he was he, he seems to have come out of um, those early eighties com- comics that were just daft. The weekly comics that were just full of silliness that Viz eventually started taking the mick out of i I really like it i look to his work to kind of keep a dynamism in my own work i really like him and so i would say for um in this sort of idea of what sort of text writer would i recommend is i don't know I i mentioned this before but there was a book by michael end called the uh or ender called the never ending story which then did become a film but if you look mm. at the actual book and find one of the early editions what he does there is he draws your attention to the actual writing by having uh green and red typeface for the different worlds you're in and oh, illustrated okay. um illuminated letters and vignettes so the actual book i remember adoring uh, the actual physical book it's a great story too so yeah, i would yeah. recommend going and having a look in that and just enjoying really original vision through text and how it draws you into the story so that's my tip so thanks pete thanks very much um, Thank for uh helping me think this through and i think this yeah. is you know the uh the tidal wave is sweeping over us both let's see if we can emerge on the other side i wonder if we'll be having a podcast in five years where we're all in a yeah, all these AI right, taken over. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I imagine it'll be much the same as it is now. <laughs> Thank you. Human inspiration everywhere. Thanks for listening to Mythmakers Podcast, brought to you by the Oxford Centre for Fantasy. Visit OxfordCentreForFantasy.org to join in the fun. Find out about our online courses, in-person stays in Oxford, plus visit our shop for great gifts. Tell a friend and subscribe wherever you find your favourite podcasts worldwide. Worldwide.